We're going to read verses 18 through 25. This comes from the ESV. If you guys want to find ESV Bibles that are uh, under the pews, or if you guys want to uh, look it up on your own, in your own Bibles or Bible apps, we will also project it on the screen, but if you're joining us online, it might be kind of hard to read the scripture. Uh, But again, that's Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And if you could please stand as able, uh, if you're here in person or if you feel comfortable doing this, wherever you may be joining us from. And may the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, uh, we are talking about this idea of Jesus as Emmanuel. And you may know that that is not Jesus' name. It's kind of more of a, like a symbolic name, right? And it means God with us. And so we want to talk about what that means. And, you know, maybe you, you have heard other messages at LGM or other places that talk about Emmanuel and what it means for God to be with us. And I, I want to uh, just ask us to kind of have an open mind and heart to hear this in a new way because I think sometimes when you hear Christmassy messages, um, it just becomes very, uh, like, I don't know if commercial is the right word, or, you know, it just becomes very, like, domesticated, and there's a wildness to the story, and there's an edge to the idea of God being with us. And so I, I want to just kind of, like, test this. What does that mean for God to be with us? And to give you a, a few different ways that this could have gone, to be honest. And so one way is what I call the Santa Claus way. Right? Do, do you guys know that one song? He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better not cry. You better not. <laughs> guys, it's, it's a little bit of a creepy song if you think about it, right? Like, look, I didn't want to ruin uh, this song for you guys, but uh, he sees you when you're sleeping, really? I mean, okay, what is this about? I-, I know that sometimes the concept of Santa is used to strike fear into the hearts of kids because we want them to shape up. We don't want them to do bad things, so it's like, oh, hey, if you keep on yelling, if you keep on not listening to me, if you don't eat your peas, then I'm going to tell Santa, you're not going to get any gifts, right, because you've been naughty, right? And there's this this. You know, and sometimes you hear about kids who are like, you know, they, they just worry, like, oh my gosh, if I did something bad, you know, Santa's watching. 
always watching, right? Is that the way we think about God? That we think about God as a cosmic police person who is just always watching to see if we're going to screw up, to see if we're not going to have enough faith, right? And I wonder if that is good news to us, the fact that God is with us, that God is always with you. For some of us, it may not be a good thing because we think of God being so holy and so good and so separate from our experience that what other choice is there for him to just be so separate from our experience that if he's here with us, he must be coming here to clean up house, right? He must be coming here to, to whip us into shape or to make us feel bad or to judge us, right? And sometimes I think that's what it feels like, our experience of God, right? And so what is an alternative? An alternative is for us to think about God being with us, like, oh, okay, well, Jesus came to be here in the flesh, and I wonder if there's a way where this gets pushed a little bit. And I have to say that I think sometimes in our uh, experience, especially if you've been a part of the church for a long time, we normally don't think about this a whole lot. Like, what did it mean for Jesus to become fully human? I remember there was a song about um, uh, uh, Jesus, like, growing up, uh, it's by Rich Mullins. He's talking about, like, you know, uh, what, what was it like when you were a boy, right? Like, like and, and so he, like, wonders, like, like, like did, did the, the girls whisper about you when you walked by? Did, did you blush, you know? And these kinds of things that maybe for a lot of us, we don't think about Jesus that way. We just think about Jesus just kind of floating the world, I'm Jesus, and like the angels are singing. But the idea that Jesus might have scraped, scraped his knee, he might have cried, you know, that Jesus maybe, you know, had actual feelings and, you know, that, that, that he bruised and bled and all these things. And, you know, he was just like us. And so there was a song uh, when I was in high school. And, I mean, you guys know, I'm a little bit older than maybe some of you guys. And not everybody, you know. But maybe for some of you, I'm going to date myself very hard on this song. It came out in, like, 1993. It was this song that really captured people's imagination. It was not a Christian song. Uh, but it was popular. It was on the radio all the time. Sometimes, like, when, when you're, like, in the elevator or you're in, like, like, a doctor's reception office or you're at Applebee's, you'll hear it sometimes. And it's a song called uh, One of Us, and it's by Joan Osborne. And this is the chorus. It says, it's a really catchy song, too. It's like, what if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. But, but yeah, guys, I really want to focus on... The, the, the words and not my terrible singing. What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. And I have heard many Christians like bash the song, right? Well, first of all, what do you mean God was one of us? He still is one of us because Jesus is eternal and all this stuff. And like, okay, okay. You're kind of losing the essence of what Joan is asking, this question that God seems so removed from us, right? Like, like maybe only certain people can kind of achieve this closeness to God. But what this song really points to is a radical identification of, of you know, what it would look like for God to be like us. I mean, do you ever think of Jesus being a slob? Like, what if Jesus was eating chicken wings and... A little bit of sauce fell on his robe or, you know, his tunic, 
You know, we don't normally think of that like, Jesus, man, you're, you're kind of messy, you know? It's like, no, Jesus is perfect, right? He would eat chicken wings, like no sauce on his hands whatsoever. He wouldn't go like this, you know? No way Jesus would do that, right? And, and so, friends, uh, you know, it kind of pushes slope a little bit. I mean, you know, like, okay, God is holy, and he still was fully God, right? Or Jesus was fully God. So, Maybe there is a sense in which God is still, you know, divine and holy and all these things. And, you know, but at the same time, why then even become human? What is the point of it all? And there does seem to be the sense where we might be missing the radical identification that God wants to take with us. And that is really what this idea of Emmanuel is, right? Jesus being dropped into human history. And by the way, the story here today, it's not a clean story. Again, I just think so many things in our experience and so many things in church and like, you know, you see the Christmas story and like the nativity and all these these things and it all gets so cleaned up. I was talking about this with the youth group earlier, but I was like, do you guys know what a manger is, right? Away in a... No crib for a bed. I didn't realize I'd be singing so much today. The little Lord Jesus on his sweet head. A manger, guys, is a barn, right? We don't really sing. Away in a manger. <laughs> oh, or wait, wait. Away in a barn. It smelled like animal poo, right? Like the, we want to sing that, right? But that's the, the reality is that Jesus was dropped into human history in, I mean, like inherently in messiness right? It was stinky, you know? That's the world, that's what the way the world is. It's not all clean, right? And in this story, we see that too, right? And so now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Jesus, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. This takes some explaining, right? I mean, if you just one day found that your wife-to-be, and you know that it wasn't you, Right? And then Mary, I mean, she knows that she, she hadn't done the things necessary to have a child. And so there's lots of questions, right? And there would be lots of questions. And, and so because of that, Joseph is like, okay, it says he's a just man, and he doesn't want to put her to shame. He wants to do the right thing. And so he's just going to dissolve it quietly, right? He's just going to break the whole thing off, right, and just... Hey, let, let's, let's save face here. Let's not make Mary look bad. Let's not make me look bad. Let's just end everything cleanly. And so, friends, this is the backdrop for Christmas. Merry Christmas, right? It's, I mean, that's the reality, right? And the Bible does not steer away from that the way that we do, right? And so it is in the midst of this that the angel appears and says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So friends... They don't name him Emmanuel, right? They name him Jesus. 
as the, the angel instructed. But this part is included to show us exactly what is happening. And what, exactly what is happening is God is entering into human history, entering into a family in the midst of real life, right? This is not the ideal situation, you know, that most of us would consider. I know it's become so spiritualized. We know the story and we're like, oh, the Virgin Mary and, you know, they were all so righteous and, you know, everything was just so beautiful and clean and like, no, it wasn't, man. I mean, if you read the story, I mean, there's like genocide going on, right? Herod gets like incredibly jealous and he's going to kill all the babies in, in this, this, this certain area, right? And they got to flee under the cover of night, right? Which makes you think of like the Passover, right? And, and then it, it, with all of this, this murder and this, all this stuff is the hint of scandal, is uh, them being tired and weary and not being able to find a place to sleep, right? That they have to go to a barn. None of this is clean, friends. The son of God. Boom! Right there, right? God is with us. And so, friends, that's life. Life is messy. And I wonder how many of us truly, truly are able to acknowledge and accept God being with us in the midst of the messiness of life. So I want to show you these last couple verses. And then I want to flip to Mary's perspective. Because I don't want to leave Mary out of this. I think she's, like, actually more important, right? She's the one bearing the child, right? And so when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. So what's happening? Joseph obeys. Joseph accepts the will of God, and he accepts Jesus coming to him. Now, I, I think there's kind of like a thought experiment we can do. What if Joseph didn't? Would that have thwarted the plans of God? I mean, of course, we don't know, right? Like, you can play the what-if game all day. But I'm going to assume that God is so powerful, and God's will is such, that if Joseph didn't obey, I think Jesus still would have been born. I think, you know, Jesus still would have been the Messiah. Jesus still would have been the Son of God. Jesus still would have saved us from our sins, right? But you know who would have missed out? Joseph. Joseph would not have been able to be part of this story, right? And so this is the thing. God was going to be with us one way or another. But whether or not Joseph accepted God with us, that was what was at stake whether or not Joseph was going to be able to experience fully what it meant for God to be with him. It took him to accept it, right? Joseph didn't do this. Joseph didn't even ask for this. But Joseph's job was to right? And to obey. It meant to just keep living his life, right? Go marry the woman that you were going to marry, right? Raise the kid that you were, well, I mean, you know, you didn't think you were going to have that kid, but now that's what you do. You raise the kid, right? And so to obey meant to live his life, but to do it in acceptance of God being there with them. So I want to flip to uh, uh, Mary because it's extraordinarily similar. But 
I think seeing it from Mary's perspective is very, very valuable for us too. So this is in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, so this is Luke's account, by the way. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. You guys see the, the greeting there, right? What are we talking about here? Emmanuel, God is with us. This is the first thing the angel says is like, Hey, you are favored, right? So God is blessing you, and the Lord is with you, right? But she was greatly troubled at the saying. So again, is this always good news to hear that God is with you? I mean, the people of Israel sometimes feared that, like, oh my gosh, God being with us meant that we're going to be judged, or we might even be killed because we are unrighteous, because we are sinful, right? You don't want to be in the presence of God. If you saw the presence of God, you'd be like, ah, right? It's like a terrifying thing. Um, And so, you know, she was greatly troubled and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Like, like, what, what do you really mean by saying God is with me? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So what choice does Mary have, really? What choice does Mary have? You know, if if she's already with child, right? Or maybe, like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a choice. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, right? But Mary, in this moment, she does make a choice. And it's not a choice that's, like, heroic or, like, I mean, heroic in the sense of, like, she doesn't do much. This is what she does. She says to the angel, Um, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And so Mary's response is, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I have to say, friends, um, there's a lot of prayers in the Bible that are very, very powerful. And I have to say that this is one that I think a lot of us miss. I, I think that there's, there's maybe a few reasons for that. I, I think sometimes Protestants just traditionally kind of shy away from Mary because they think Catholics make too big a deal of Mary. That might be one reason, you know. But I think another reason, too, is because it's just acceptance. I think so many of us, we think our faith is about doing all these things. What are you going to do for God? you, know, you got to go out there and you got to, you know, pray and evangelize and, you know, like, like do all these like crazy things and give your life for God and all these things. Maybe there's a time for that. But this prayer here is so powerful. It's just Mary saying, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be. Let it be. Just let it be. Right? I mean, she's just accepting it. And friends, 
This is a, a, another thing, right? Um, you see with Joseph, and then you see with Mary. Both of them, they accept the God with them, right? So friends, um, what about us? There might be situations in your life that happen, and we don't particularly like it. You know, it's unpleasant. What if you don't get into that school that you've been applying to? You don't get into graduate school. You don't get that job you've been applying to. You, don't, you get passed up for that promotion. That person that you have been praying about and you thought like, oh, maybe there's a connection here, that they reject you, right? Or they just tell you, just want to be friends, right? What if something happens that breaks your heart? What if something, a dream that you had doesn't come true? All of these things happen, right? Have you guys experienced any of these things? I mean, not asking you guys to raise your hands, but just to acknowledge, has anything happened in your life that you did not? that you did not expect to happen, that you never dreamed or imagined for your life, and yet it has already happened. What choice do we have now? What are we saying about God? God is with you. When? Now? Well, yeah, now. And also when? In every single moment. So that means the good moments of your life, the moments where you're like, yeah, this is of God. Yeah, this is God's will. 100% this is God's will because I'm getting what I want, right? The sun is shining. Everything is just turning up Steve, right? Like everything is just, mm. like every door is opening, every green light, right? But what about the days where every light is red? What about the days where just something happens and you didn't expect it? You know, you get in a car accident, you know, just something happens that, that just really just delays all of the plans that you had. All the things happen that break your heart, that, that just cause you to question, you know, God, why me? Why is this happening? Is God with you then? Is God with you then? And the answer is yes, right? Like, like we are told, God is with you. And, and we hear two names here, Emmanuel, God with us. And then the second one is Jesus. Um, I, I, I shared this with the youth group and I told them this and I regret it, but, you know, I don't really regret it, but I was like, yeah, so, you know, Jesus is actually Yeshua in, in uh, uh, Hebrew, and um, that Yeshua is the same uh, name as Joshua. And people are like, wait, 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 Jesus' name is Joshua? I'm like, no, 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 that's just, there are two different ways to say Yeshua, right? Like, it became like, you know, like in Korean, they say Yesu, and then became Jesus as it became anglicized, and they're like, but his name is Joshua? I'm like, no, no. You're missing the point. <laughs> but Yeshua, what it literally means is uh, God, the Lord, Yehovah, right? The, uh, Yahweh, there's different ways to pronounce that name. The I am that I am saves. That's what it means. God saves. So why did God come here to be with us? Did he come here to judge you? Did he come here to straighten you out or to keep his eyes on you to see if you're going to screw up and to make you feel bad? No. He came here to save you, to save you from whatever is happening in life, that everything will turn out exactly the way that you want it to go, but it will happen for the good. Happen in accordance with God's will, if what? If what? If what? If you accept it. If you accept it. And so, friends, if God is with you in every situation, he's trying 
to save you. You're not always going to understand why these things are happening. What choice do you have once something has already happened? What choice do you have? Your choice, I think, is to be like Mary and to pray this prayer. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Can you imagine saying that when you don't get the promotion? Can you imagine saying that when your heart gets broken? Can you imagine saying that when you're just like having like the worst day and you just feel like, like, like you're, you're this cursed individual, nothing is going your way? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. God is with you. But the question is whether or not you are going to accept it whether or not you're going to let him in. Why does that matter? Did it matter for Mary? Did it matter for Joseph? I think it did. I think it made all the difference in the world, right? I mean, we like to think we're the hero of the story. We're not. God is doing the heavy lifting, but we do have an important role in this. And first and foremost, I mean, yeah, God is going to use you, right? God is going to use you if you're usable. And the way you become usable it's by saying yes, right? And so, friends, you know, we, we shared this last week. Uh, I, I said that my old church had a picture of this over a door, right? And it's the, the whole Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock, right? And, and, you know, we were talking about letting Jesus in. What does that look like in our lives to let Jesus in? And so, Friends, I, I, I want to share one possible way that that looks. And that comes from Psalm 139, um, very famous psalm. Uh, we're not going to read the whole thing. I just want to read the very first part. And I'll be honest, the very first part is the part that usually gets glossed over because the part that everyone emphasizes is, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I was knit together in my mother's womb. And, you know, uh, that's, it's beautiful, beautiful language about, you know, how God loves us and formed us. But I want to show you... Um, this, this first part, and it says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know me when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways, even before a word is on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. So again, this is all pointing to what we've been talking about. God is always there. Right? He's always watching. He already knows everything that's happening in your life. Right? And then this last part, which I think is the key to letting God in, to being able to pray that prayer and mean that prayer that Mary prayed, behold, let it be done to me. I'm your servant. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hands upon me. What does that mean? What does that mean, friends? Um, hem is to like sew something, right? So can you imagine that you're under a garment? I know this sounds kind of weird, but imagine you're in a garment, right? And you've got this garment over you, right? But now you can freely move in that garment. I sometimes like to trap my dog with a blanket. How well does that work? Not very well, because it's not hemmed in, right? The dog can get out, right? Sometimes he's like, oh, what's going on, right? But eventually, he gets out of the blanket, right? Because he's not hemmed in. But imagine, as I'm trying to get out, that I get hemmed in in front of me, right? So before me, I'm hemmed in. So what does that mean? I can't move forward. Why would I want to move forward? 
Do you guys ever have things happen to you and you just want to move on? You're just like, I don't like this. Let's move on, right? You're in traffic and you're not there in traffic. You don't want to be there in traffic. You're thinking about what's going to happen later in the day because you don't like the traffic. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on. You're just being impatient, right? Or there's a situation. Maybe for some of you, that's undergrad. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll admit, when I was in undergrad, I went to a school that I did not want to go to. It was my last choice. I made a list of like 45 schools, and it was number 45. And I ended up going to that school. Right? And I remember for months, I was not happy about going to that school. You know, um, basically, my, my, my parents, like, they didn't force me, but they forced me. They forced me to go to this school because <laughs> I was getting, like, a, 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 a pretty nice scholarship. And, you know, it was, like, the biggest one I got. So my dad was like, go to right? So it's like, I don't want to go to this school. He's like, no, you're going to go to that school. Um, and so I wasn't happy about it, right? And, and I know so many people at the school, you know, not everyone. I, I'm sure some people liked it, but some people were like, yeah, I don't want to be here, right? And you could tell. Like, man, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to get, it, it was in Cleveland. So some people didn't want to be in Cleveland. I don't know. I like Cleveland, but some people are like, Dude, I can't wait. I can't wait to go to bigger, better things. I'm going to go to the West Coast. I'm going to go to New York. I don't want to be in Cleveland. And so they're not there. They want to move ahead, right? So they're like, you know, you're, you're in that blanket, and you're like, ah, get me out. And you just want to move ahead. But what is, what is God doing? You hem me in before. You can't move ahead, right? And then you hem me in behind. So you can't move backwards. Why would you want to move backwards? Who wants to move backwards? Is ever anything happened to you that you're just like, oh, why did I do that? And you just think about it like all the time. You know, you're like, why did I say that to my boss? Or why, why, why did I not wake up in time for that thing? Or why did I not study more for that test? Why did I not, whatever the case may be, right? And you just keep replaying it in your head over and over and over. You can't move on, right? You keep trying to go behind, right? You keep trying to replay this, and here's God saying, no, 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 I'm going to hem you in behind you. You can't do that, right? You can't go back, right? But a lot of us do that. We're not present because we keep thinking about the past. We keep thinking about our mistakes. We keep thinking about what could have been. Oh, I don't want to be in this place. I could have been in this place. I could have done this, or I could have you know, been with this person or whatever, right? And all of these things, like it just plays like a loop in your mind, and you keep trying to go back. And maybe here... Now, there's some good things, but you can't see it because you're just in your head, right? That tape is just playing over and over. You just keep playing refresh on the video, right? And here's God saying, I know everything, and I'm here. I know everything, and I'm here. Everything that's happened, I've been a part of it. And now you're here, and you don't want to be here. You want to move ahead to something better that's imaginary. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, but you're imagining all these things. And you're trying to zoom into the future, or you're trying to relive the past. And I'm going to hem you in behind and before, and then what does he do? What does he do? What does he do? Right? So just again, imagine the dog. Uh, okay, this might seem kind of weird, but my dog is in the blanket, and you hem them in before. I don't know. Maybe you some, put some books on the blanket, right? And then you put some books on the blanket behind them. The dog can't move forward, can't move back, but it's trying. It's starting to get past the books because, you know, it's just a bunch of books. The dog eventually will figure out how to get past those books. And then what do you do? You take your hand and you place your hand on their head. 
No, 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 don't move. Stay right here. That's what God is doing. That's God, what, what God is doing. Stay right here. Guys, what is the name of God? Do you guys know the name of God? Is it God? God is just a generic word that we use, right? There's lots of gods. There's Zeus, there's like Hades, right? There's like, God is just a generic term for deity, right? What is the name of the God of Israel, the God of Jesus, the God of Christ followers, right? You guys remember? God gave his name. And God's name maybe didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people but maybe it will start to make sense to you. God's name is I am that I am. What's that mean? I am. Not I was, right? Living in the past. Oh, I could have done it different. Not I will be moving in the future. I am. I am that I am. God eternally is. God is in the present moment. It's the only place you're going to find God because it's the only place that's real. There's no time travel. You can't go back into the past and, and relive those mistakes and fix it. You can't, right? I've tried. <laughs> Maybe some of you have. You can sit there and think about it all night long. You can think about it for years. It's not going to change a single thing of what happened in the past. You can't go in the future. And, and the more you think about the future, well, I mean, you think of all kinds of things, and it hardly ever happens that way, right? You made it up in your head. That's not real. That's a fantasy land. The only thing that's real is here. And if God is real, you better believe there's only one place you're going to find God, right here, in the eternal now. And what's happening now, God is asking one thing of you. To experience me, you need to accept it. You need to say yes to it. You need to stop trying to escape into some imagined future or into the past. I'm trying to keep you here. I'm trying to hem you in. And I'm trying to put my hand on your head and say, I'm here with you. Will you be here with me? Right? So friends, this is the question that I have for us and that I think God has for us. Can you accept Emmanuel, the God who is with you in this moment? It is a spiritual practice. It's something that Richard Rohr says that if you can accept anything, like literally anything, you can accept your lukewarm coffee, you can accept the, the, the gray sky without clouds, you can accept your, your shoes that, that have a hole in it, or whatever it may be, or just accept the fact that, you know, maybe things aren't exactly the way you want them to be, but they're not terrible, you're somewhere in between. If you can accept that, 100%, it's enough to convert, convert you to what? To convert you to somebody who knows, just knows, that God is with you. You're not alone. It, it, I, I think maybe sometimes uh, Christians shy away from this because it sounds like Buddhism. And, and I got to say that Buddhists do it way better. This part, just being present, you know? And, and, and so they do all kinds of things to try to be present. They, they pay attention to breath and like this mindfulness, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, friends. But in the moment, though, I want us to do something, not just to pay attention to the present, 
But I want you to have a part in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit that is open. And it's open to what? It's open to God, right? It's open in a way that says, okay, even though I didn't choose this moment, maybe I don't particularly like this moment, but I'm going to accept this moment 100%. It just is what it is, and I'm going to believe that it is good because you are here. You're saying yes, ultimately, to God, right? And so, friends, let's just take a moment to practice. Before a praise team comes up, before we sing songs and then we're all dashing out to the mall or get something to eat or whatever we do, you know, all those things are good. And I hope you can accept God in those moments too. It doesn't always have to be when you're praying or when you're reading the Bible that God is present. It can just be while you're commuting to work. It can be while, you know, you're laying in your bed before you go to sleep to just take a moment and just fully accept that moment and that you know God is there with you, right? You just accept that, that it can be a good moment because God is there, right? God, I just accept what is. I'm not fighting it. I'm just going to be fully, fully present to this moment because you're here, right? And so, friends, let's just take a moment to accept whatever is. And, you know, maybe some of you, you're uncomfortable. You're a little hot or you're a little tired or you're a little worried about what's going to happen tomorrow or worried about your finances or worried about some school situation. I don't know what it is that's making you not be present. Can you just acknowledge that? You bring that before God, right? We don't hide that either. God, I'm worried about this. It's one of the best prayers you can ever pray. Just be honest about where you are. You give it to God and you just rest in this moment. Just be present. Don't fight it. Accept it fully, 100%. Just accept it. You say yes to it. You don't try to think about other things. You don't try to run. You don't try to fix it. Accept it. There will be a time, maybe, where God is asking you to make some choices and to do something. It has already happened. Well, accept it. So, friends, let's just accept this moment, 100%. It's from God. Let it be unto us, God. Priest team, could you come up? Continue to be present, friends. If you feel some resistance, it's natural. Just acknowledge that too. But don't run. Don't fight. Just be present. Be still. God, we thank you that you are with us with all of our imperfections and all of the messes that we exist in and all of the uncertainty. God, so many of us want to skip ahead or 
we want to go back. But in this moment is where we find you. So this moment is so profoundly good. Be with us, Lord, through it all. Help us to experience you. You are our Emmanuel God. You are the God with us, and you are the God who saves us. In Jesus' name we pray.